Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, September 13th, 2019. That means it's Friday the 13th, perhaps a very unlucky day. We shall see. I had the opportunity recently to listen to some of the discussion put on by CNN with the climate change forum they did, whereby the Democrat candidates for president went to a seven-hour-long forum and were asked questions by a selected few audience members. Seven hours is a long time. Not many people could endure that, but I was able to get through at least some of it. Some of the questions and answers, particularly for Bernie Sanders. In this report, I will endeavor to respond to one particular question and to Senator Sanders' response. Senator Sanders was questioned by a young woman. Although I was only on audio and could not see her, I could tell from her voice she was young, her question and the way she phrased it. That being one of all smart and all woke people feel this way was dripping with virtuous morality. I will paraphrase her question as follows. Senator Sanders, given that the world is overpopulated, that overpopulation is causing a catastrophic destruction of the world's climate. Isn't overpopulation a question that is worthy to be addressed by presidential candidates, Senator Sanders' answer was, quote, in a word, yes. He went on to say that a woman has the right to control her own body. So I presume he was connecting population control and climate catastrophe to abortion on demand. For that answer, the senator received thunderous applause, I suppose. It was a standing ovation. My answer to Senator Sanders and to the questioner will constitute the rest of this report. Yes, Senator, a woman has the right to control her own body. Who could argue with your statement if it stands alone without explanation? A woman has a right to control her own body, but children do not have that right. Whether they're male or female, they have no rights, no choice at all in the decision of whether they should be allowed to continue their lives or not. Cold-blooded homicide. Murder, in other words, to eliminate them is obviously acceptable, even desirable to you. In the Democrat world, with rare exceptions, human babies are just a disposable product of prior decisions. In fact, given the horrors of overpopulation, a woman killing her own child is actually a virtuous and morally courageous act. The questioner's statement about overpopulation causing catastrophic damage to the planet's climate was stated as if it were absolute fact. But in reality, it's so completely untrue, it's ludicrous. She obviously believes her statement to be true. That's the real problem and the real issue of this entire forum. The question, according to her and many others, is no longer debatable because it is, quote, settled. Why is it settled? Why can't the issue be considered in open debate? Why must we accept it as settled? A lot of important issues today are being decided without any formal debate. Issues that are uh, being decided without debate concern a lot of people, especially young people, who, unlike our questioner, actually have the best intent, and they want debate. They want to know if it is wrong to have children or not. These questions have been asked, answered many times over the centuries, but they are again being asked, and we are supposed to not question or debate them. The people 
who impose the answers on us, along with their encouragers in the government and the media, are telling us, we are the authority, you can't challenge us. Science is supposed to be a rigorous process whereby theories are tested and revised in response to objective evidence. The politicians and other climate alarmists respond with the language of fear in order to persuade us to give up our liberty. Just a bunch of lies. To buttress the global elite's chosen narrative for us, science becomes just perverted propaganda. These issues of propaganda, fear, and control are obviously not new to the world. From 1945 until 1989, the global threat was nuclear annihilation, but when Reagan and Gorbachev resolved that issue, a new catastrophe had to be created. The Rio summit in 1991 gave us the environment as the new terrifying threat to be fearful of, to give up our liberty because of. The truth is that the lady's statement about a population disaster has been disproven for at least 250 years. In about 1750, a scientist named Thomas Malthus proposed a theory that became known as the Malthusian theory of population. His theory was that Population increases exponentially while resources and food increase arithmetically. That means that population will grow faster than it can be fed and the world will starve to death in what Malthus called an unstoppable tide. According to Malthus, and I argue it's also true of climate alarmists today, the victims of all the coming starvation are also the disease that caused it. Malthus' proposition ran into and was destroyed by the Industrial Revolution. He lived at a time when the Earth's population was about 700 million people, and today it is about 7 to 8 billion people, so he was obviously mistaken. His proposition may have been disproven, but that didn't dissuade others from going forward with it. The avenue that led modern Malthusians to their conclusions was that the same scientific and industrial revolution that allowed enough food production to feed the entire planet also brought changes in medicine, sanitation, and so forth, so people's lives were extended. And therefore, the theory is still valid. The best-known proponent of modern Malthusianism is Paul Ehrlich of the University of Pennsylvania and Stanford University. Dr. Ehrlich was born in 1932, but I believe he is still at Stanford. He did his work on population in the 1960s. His book, The Population Bomb, was published in 1968. It was a frightening book of apocalyptic prediction and became very famous in academic and scientific circles. I read his book in the early 1970s and found it alarming, so I took it to a friend who was a political science professor and asked him if he had read it. Yes, he said, I read it. It's a bunch of nonsense. It's all about power and control over us and an insistence that we surrender our liberty in order to drive out the fear of catastrophe. That opinion was a welcome one for me. It caused me to always ask for public debate, always question demands that we jump at any prediction of catastrophe that anyone makes what then causes someone to believe without any honest debate or inquiry? Something that, if true, will cause radical changes in lifestyle for millions of people and will require the surrender of the autonomy of the world's population. A partial answer can be gleaned 
from the work of Albert Bandura, who at 93 years of age is Professor Emeritus. Coincidentally, also at Stanford, Dr. Bandura's published his Social Learning Theory in 1977, which was based on the famous Bobo Dahl experiments conducted in the 60s in which Dr. Bandura proved that people learn, especially children learn, by observing the role models around them. Children pay attention to some of the models around the parents, teachers, and so forth. They encode or remember their behavior. Later, the child remembers or copies the behavior of the role models. The experiments prove that children are far more likely than not to reproduce the behavior that society deems appropriate at the time. This theory might help explain why the entire Western world seems to act as one when deciding what is acceptable to think or say. Children learn behavior by imitating role models, and Dr. Bandura found that personality develops at the very basic, deep level in early childhood and continues developing on through adolescence. It would be easy to reprogram a society by manipulating the role models that we, and especially our children, see every day. Teachers are role models who have been provided different role models than those I had in my day, so it is not difficult to see why children develop differently today. Who actually controls what our children see as their role models? I submit that it is television and Hollywood in general. The producers consult psychologists for the best role models to program society the way they want it. TV is the most powerful delivery system for such role models. Who decides what role models Hollywood gives our children? Well, that's the question, isn't it? When you take a hard look at that question, you will see why society is evolving the way it is. Characters are designed by psychologists to be role models targeted at different demographic groups, patterns of behavior, and of opinions of the demographic groups are manipulated through role models. The result of how they respond is monitored and adjusted with the advice of the psychologist. The thinking of not just children, but the public at large can be and is manipulated through movies and television. In other words, people buy what they are told to buy. It's only a short leap from there to think what they are told to think. Various demographic groups are programmed to act in approved ways. Our kids become just creatures who are being programmed and taught how to behave, not by mom and dad, but by role models they may not even, that may not even exist. Possibly today's model for your kids is just a celluloid image. That society, based on celluloid images created by Hollywood, and psychologist has left a divided and confused America without a coherent sense of purpose and with a chaotic disunity enveloping it. This is the language and the tactic of fear created to control the violence and the power. The one who controls the violence controls the power. It was Mao who said that power grows out of the barrel of a gun. He would certainly be a good role model for today's Democrat candidates. And the young lady who questioned Senator Sanders because he lowered China's population by about 70 million people. It's about striving for control. In order to have control, we must be persuaded to give up our liberty to people who are smarter than anyone else 
and therefore the most aggressive in regulating other people's lives. Examples of all this in our modern society are abundant. Perhaps the best one comes from the nation's newspaper of record, the New York Times. When the Mueller hearings came to an end, it was clear that the story of Russian collusion was just a hoax. The Times had a board of directors meeting conducted by their executive editor, Dean Baquet. Details of the meeting were leaked to the public. By Slate.com, Mr. Baquet told the Times board they had done well with Russia, having won two Pulitzers. He said nothing to them about how these prizes were based on lies and completely false reporting and should have been returned. He went on to say that the Russia story had run its course. A new angle would have to be found, he said. That angle would be Trump is a racist. So they would hit the angle repeatedly, just like they did with Russia. Quote, I think we've got to change. I mean, the vision for coverage for the next two years is what I talked about earlier. How do we write about race in a thoughtful way, something we haven't done in a large way in a long time? That, to me, is the vision for coverage. You're going to have to help us shape that vision. I think that is where we're going, though, to have to do that for the next two years, end quote. So the times is not about all the news that's fit to print at all. Instead, it's about how the news can be spun to portray the president as a racist. I often quote one of my favorite columnists on the subject of the media, Paul Craig Roberts, from a column September 9th, 2019, quote, the only purpose of print and TV news is to program you so that you insouciantly go along with the agenda of those who rule you, those who sit in front of TV news, listen to NPR, or read newspapers are programmed to be mindless automatons, end quote. Finally, folks, it comes down to what Humpty Dumpty said to Alice in Through the Looking Glass. The question is, said Alice, whether you can make words mean so many different things. The question is, said Humpty Dumpty, which is to be master. That's all. At least that's the way I see it, folks. Until next time, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.